everybody and welcome back to another Next Level People episode. We've got Rena, we've got Sean, we've got Kathy Hawkins, and she is going to give us a different perspective of the mental health issue where you heard the story about Eric Chiapata, or Chia, how do you say his last name? Chiapetta. Chiapetta, that's right. Eric Chiapetta and all the things that he went through, through the whole cooking and owning restaurants and all the crazy things that he went to where he hit rock bottom. What we're going to hear from from Kathy, she's the person that Eric reached out to, and she's the person that helped him get from that rock bottom, really super low, dark place to a place where he's willing to start taking steps towards healing. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to just say, like, look at all these people that have gone through all these crazy things, but I want to equip, if nothing else, myself, maybe it's a selfish thing, I want to know how am I, if I had a friend call me saying, I've hit rock bottom and this and this and this happened, how do I help that person? And so that's why she's on. She's here to give us the other side of the story uh, and give us some tools of how to help people from the bottom to taking steps towards healing. So Kathy, thank you so much for being on. It's my pleasure. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, we already talked to Eric. This isn't us going around his back. Kathy is a good friend. She called and said, are you okay with this? He said, absolutely, because Eric is such an amazing guy and knows that this type of an episode is going to help people out. So Eric, I'm assuming you're going to be listening. Thank you so much for giving us access to an amazing person. So Kathy, real quick so that everybody knows kind of who you are and your background, give us kind of the quick 30 to 60 second elevator pitch of, of who you are, what you're all about, and, and your background and how you even know Eric. Okay, so I am right now, I'm a licensed uh, professional counselor and I'm a licensed addictions counselor uh, in Denver, Colorado. Awesome. And... Um, my first career was the restaurant business, mm -hmm. and I did everything front of the house, um, waited tables, bartended, sommelier, um, managed and owned my own place. And in managing in restaurants, there's a lot of counseling that goes on, and yeah. uh, so it was a it was a Definitely. good. And there's a lot of uh, alcohol and drug uh, issues, so it was a kind of a natural segue into the second career. And one of my specialties. Um, is working with people in the hospitality industry. That's awesome. That's yeah. very cool. And so through being in the restaurant business, that's how you met Eric? Actually, we worked together. He was a sous okay. chef and I was the front of house manager at a, at a restaurant uh, um, many years ago. And we just stayed friends um, off and on, you know, uh, coming in and out of each other's lives. Um, so been friends for, for a while. That's awesome. And so uh, just kind of for anybody that has not listened to the episode we did with uh, Eric, basically what he said is I was at this low point. There were all sorts of thoughts. He was uh, having problems with uh, drinking and uh, addiction of all sorts of kinds. And he uh, had relational issues, all this stuff. He just realized like, this culmination of all of these years of stress and things that he had been doing to his body, he became the person that he did not want to be. And he reached out to Kathy. And like I said, she basically helped him to get to that first step. And so Kathy, when you don't have to give details about Eric, he, he laid pretty much the entire thing on the line in that episode. But let's say, let's say, let's take Sean for an example. If I got a call from Sean, 
and he's like, dude, I, I have to talk to you about this. This is what I've been going through. I've been, uh, you know, I've got this thing and that thing and that thing. And it's like, it's bad to the point where he's, he's thinking suicidal thoughts or could potentially go that route. Uh, my fear right now is if that happened with Sean or Rena or anybody else, like my brother, my sister, or anybody, I don't, I, I literally, I would do everything I could, but I don't know what even to say. Like, that's just not something that I have had access to or experience with. Like what, what in the world, what's that first thing that you should say before you dive into like, do I, do I call 911 or, or, or what, what do you say? You just listen, actually. Um, you just listen to them um, because usually reacting like, oh, my God, uh, it, it, it sort of blows it out and, and people get scared. And uh, I think it, it lessens their ability to talk mm. about it. Um, so just listening, um, asking questions, being curious. Don't try to fix. Um, Ooh, that's a, that's a tough that. one for me. That's a really yeah. tough one for me. Cause like, <laughs> yeah. And then... You know, letting them talk and then um, putting out some options, you know, um, talking about there's there's a national crisis hotline. There's local um, suicide hotlines. um, There's even texting now. So you don't even have to talk to somebody by the phone, you know, by phone if you don't want to. Um, So there's a lot of different options uh, for something really imminent. If they're really, if, if there's a, you know, asking if they're, do you have a plan? Um, if they, if they have a plan, if they've thought it out, a suicide hotline is the way to go. If they just are thinking about it now, I just kind of am thinking I'd be better off if I wasn't here, then encouraging therapy, um, is the way to go. Um, and you can still uh, reach out to a suicide hotline, even if it's just suicidal ideation, because they're going to point you in a direction and help you to get help in your area. So, so there's no wrong moves as far as that goes. Go ahead. So uh, here's here's my uh, – and you, you're basically going to walk me through because I, I am a chronic fixer. Like you come to me with a problem. I Like I love solving problems. But like, as my wife will tell you, I would rather you just listen and stop trying to fix it. Uh, and that's really, really hard for me. And so let's say, uh, someone like, like Rena was like, I have these things that are happening and then there's a quiet moment. How long, how long do you let them vent or like, is there a right time to say, let's talk about options? How do you segue? Because that's like when I am being good and doing that, those like active listening things and saying, I hear what you're saying. I, I understand how you feel or, or things like that. What's the right segue? Because like that, that awkward moment of like, should I, should I talk now? Should I, should I try and fix it now? Because even like giving those options to, in my mind, that's fixing it. And so I, I'm curious, like where, how do you segue? So a really good thing to do after you're listening is tell them what you heard. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear you saying, you know, you're having a really hard time. Um, you really don't know what to do. Um, you're feeling trapped, et cetera, et cetera. Am I getting that right? Am I hearing you correctly? Mm. Um, just so they know that they're heard completely. They've gotten it all out. Is there anything else that you want to share? Um, That's good. And then 
after that, then I think it sort of naturally happens. And so, okay, here's where we are. Um, Even asking permission. Is it okay if we talk about maybe some solutions? Is that okay? Or, Or do you just want to sit here and, and with me a little bit longer, or do you want to share some more with me? Um, but asking permission to go on to the next step because they might say, "No, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. I, I just want you here. I just want you to listen to me." So, yeah. so knowing that you're hearing them correctly, um, that they've said all they want to say, then when that's been established, then okay, can we go on? Can we sort of maybe? Uh, brainstorm a little bit and see maybe some possible solutions, some possible directions. Is that okay with you? Interesting. see where they're at. I feel like a lot of the things that you're saying, Kathy, could just be relatable to even people that aren't going through a a really tough time. Right? Because I know one one of the things that I, I guess I'll say, quote unquote, get in trouble for is not listening when I'm, you know, when I'm told that all my wife wants to hear is just something to, she wants to know I'm listening. She wants to know I'm just paying attention and not trying to talk over her. And I'll say, you know, what do you want from me? What like, what do you want me to do? And she says, I just want you to listen. Just shut up for a minute and just listen to me. Right? Yeah. So that's, yeah, I just found that, uh, that really interesting that it's something that, you know, you could always just use your listening skills and every day every day life. absolutely there's a great youtube video i think it's called the nail if you google the nail um or, or it's not about the nail that's mm. what it's called and um it's all about listening it doesn't matter what it's about it's about listening yeah um, no, that's interesting because i i don't even know exactly what that video is but you say the nail or it's not about the nail and to me it's like you show me a nail of course i'm gonna hammer it like what do you want me to do with the nail right what are we gonna do yeah no that's interesting that's super interesting keep going well this is a woman not to give too much away but it's a woman who has a nail in her forehead and she's talking to her husband and she's talking about how much (laughs) it hurts and he wants to you know he's he wants to fix and say hey just you know take it out and she she's saying I just want you to listen to, you know, I'm, I've got all these snags in my sweater and, and the, it's pounding pain. And he's like, but, but and she's like, I just want you to listen. But in the bigger picture, we don't listen to people and That's people want to be heard. They just want to be heard. Um, we're all fix, fix, fix. And then so taking that one step further, usually there's a reason why things are happening. There's a reason why somebody's hit rock bottom. There's a reason why something's not going on, going in a positive direction in somebody's life. So there's core um, issues. And just putting a Band-Aid on it doesn't fix the core issues. And most people, they've thought about all the fixes. You're not mm. going to tell them anything new. That's a good point. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They've they've gone through all that in their head already. So they don't need – yeah, I've, I've thought about that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. They just want to be heard. And so that's that's why putting the fixing to the side yeah. um, and, and saying, how can we get to the core issue? How can we get to what's really going on? What's really gotten you here? Yeah. Um, that's the more important piece. So let me, let me ask you a question. So – we, I hear and I like 100% believe that the listening piece of it is a huge, major part of it. 
Now, separating the the two potential scenarios, I know that there's a lot more, but if we just group it into two, so there's suicide or suicidal thoughts. So somebody that is on, like they're like, I'm on a bridge or I've got these pills or I've got a gun, whatever, is the goal you listen to them and you keep them on the phone while you're trying to figure out how to get somebody to them or what's the right in your opinion what what do you, what would you say is the right thing to do because in my mind it's like oh i've got to get this person to just keep talking to me so that yeah and that and that's a little bit different if somebody is you know i have a gun or i'm going to jump or i've got pills i'm getting mm-hmm. ready to take pills that's a little bit different. I mean, that's, there's yeah. a little more um, urgency to the situation. Right. And so um, definitely talking to them while you're taking action, if it's calling 911 on another line or, um, you know, texting somebody or whatever the case may be to sort of keep them there. Um, yeah, that's just uh, stay with me, stay with me, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um they might want to talk. If they want to talk, that's great. At that point, it probably is like, I don't want to talk about it, whatever. Um, it, it dep- you know, each situation is different. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is, it is a tough one. And my initial thought is like, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to figure out where you're at and go there. But at the same time, that could also be a dangerous thing, like if they're in that state. And so it's, it's such an interesting – or not maybe not yeah. interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a hard – thing to know the right thing to do in that situation yeah yeah do you think that um, there's a difference between a male and a female responder that's a good question that's a that depends on the person it depends it really depends on who the person feels comfortable opening up to and so there's no real there's no real way to to gauge that i don't think It, it depends on the person I have yeah. a question for you. It, sure. In terms of you know what we've been seeing lately with Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, and you look at all the rock stars, Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, and then you have Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, Robin Williams, all these people, all these famous people. It just mm-hmm. seems like it's open, it's out in the air now, and you know they're they're suffering. Why aren't they getting the help? What is happening? Like, what is going on behind closed, those closed doors that we might not know? The typical person like Greg, Rena, and I, like, we just don't know that a counselor might know. Would you have been able to kind of see any warning signs that this was going to happen? You know, there's a lot of different. That's a big question, mm-hmm. and there's a that's lot. That's a lot. Of, I'm sorry. That's like a three no, that's hour, okay. uh, that's okay. <laughs> So tell us how to solve all of this. <laughs> all of it. Eric mentioned uh, Anthony Bourdain too. That yeah. one really personally yeah. affected him. Yeah. This is this is um, the first thing that comes to my mind is stigma. There yeah. is stigma in reaching out for help. We're a society, you know. Pull yourself up mm-hmm. by your bootstraps. Don't complain. And we don't want to. We, we don't really want to hear about it either. You know. Um, so stigma of getting mental health help. You know, we go get a physical every year, but the thought of going to see somebody to see where you're at mentally and emotionally every year. Oh my God, no. We don't want to do that. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. shameful. It's a shameful thing. Uh, you should be embarrassed by it. You know, that's sort of the prevailing. Um, 
uh, thought on it. I will say I'm encouraged because in my practice, I see a wide variety of ages. There are a lot of younger people that are, the stigma is lessening. So there are younger people that are reaching out. It's not embarrassing to say you go to a therapist as much as it used to be. So that's kind of changing, but I think it still exists. Um, you know, it's, it's a sign of weakness, but actually it takes great strength to go and reach out to somebody. And then in the hospitality industry, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol and that's how you bond. You're with people for 12 to 15 hours a day. You're exhausted. Um, you can't be, you know, you're so in the moment. It's so high pace. Um, you have to be on it. And so to, um, sort of relieve some stress and bond because most of your life, your social life is with the people that you work with and drinking is a way of bonding. You're the outlier. If you say, Hey, no, I'm, I'm going to stop here or no, I'm not going to have a drink. And, and so you don't get that bonding. So there's, there's reasons why it happens and you fall into it and it's really hard to get out. Um, even though, I mean, when I worked in restaurants, you know, the DUIs were crazy. Everybody had a DUI and, you know, relationships breaking up. That's just part, it's sort of, it's like, it's accepted. And that's sort of a cultural thing, which is kind of sad. Well, I mean, it's, it's very similar. It sounds like, I mean, it's a different type of thing, but in, uh, agency recruiting, um, and same thing with sales sometimes like the, yeah. the super high, like you have to be on your game. You have to be yeah. high energy. You have to make a hundred calls a day. You have to dig, make that sale. Mm-hmm. You have to like be up at night. You have to be awake and ready to go in the morning. And it's like the addiction, the culture around addiction is, uh, really tough because it's, it's an expected yeah. thing. It's an expected thing. Like, wait, you don't. You're not going to drink with us? Oh, wait, you're not going to, exactly. like, why wouldn't you take this pill? Right. Like, dude. You don't want on. an Adderall? You don't want yeah. three Adderalls and a Red Bull? No? Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a yeah. wild, it's a wild thing. It's so, like that in the entertainment industry, too. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I bet. Six nights a day when I worked at Jerry Springer, it was like, come into my office, light one off. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. 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 The only, the, the, you know, the, in the restaurant industry, um, you know, the, the, the candy is right there. It's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to hide it in a drawer. It's there. You want a shot? Come on. Oh, yeah, that table got to you. Yeah. Oh, we had just had a run. The, the line was full of tickets, and we just cleared it. Yeah. Let's Celebration. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I've been around that yeah. way and, too much. <laughs> and then there's people who, and this happens, unfortunately, but there's people who maybe want to do something about their um, addictions, and then there's people who have addictions that don't. And they, they'll try and sabotage you when you're trying to do so. Oh, That's come true. On. I, I had that, that in my own story. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. It's wild because once I got sober, the friends that I had before won't hang out with me. They won't talk to me. They yeah. like, it's, it's like, I think that's probably, so the peer pressure of doing it in the first place is I, in my opinion, not nearly as bad as when you're trying to exit that type of life, the peer pressure to not exit is so much harder. In my opinion, that was that was the hardest thing because it's it's not just like for me when I was when I was doing my stuff, I had an emotional connection 
to alcohol and pain pills. And then I also had an emotional connection to these people that I went through this crazy stuff with. And so I yeah. let go of this thing and then I'm, they're like, no, you can't let go of that. But in order to fully let go of this, I also have to let go of this. And that, the relationship piece of it in my story was probably harder because then afterwards you're like, okay, I don't have any friends now. Who, who, uh, who am I? Like there's that identity piece, at least for me, that's how it was. Like I did not know for a long time who I was, who are my people, because for a decade, my people were these people, but now I can't be with those people. Those cannot be my people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a fantastic point because when you're giving up alcohol or, or drugs or both, you're not just giving up alcohol or drugs. Um, you, it's a change in relationship with people. You lose yeah. people. Mm-hmm. People don't like you Absolutely. sober. Yeah. Family members right. who maybe don't have support. They, they want the, you know, they complain about your addiction, but what it takes to get beyond that, they're not willing to put the work in with you or give you the yeah. support that you need. Um, it's really difficult. Um, and you're giving up a lot more than the alcohol or drug. And people Absolutely. don't realize that. Yeah. They think it's so, oh, yeah, just stop. It, it's so much more than that. It's so much bigger than that. Yeah. 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 So if I were to recap this, I mean, listening across the board, the ability to listen and just let someone talk and then repeating, this is what I think you said. Is that is that right? And then let them talk some more. Yeah. And then was there is there anything else that you wanted to share? And uh, just letting them get all of it out and then asking permission to talk about like here are some options that I have like have you thought about this uh, what do you think about that could we do that together uh, I think that can we do that together piece is probably like what, what are your thoughts on that uh, we, we were going to be closing out the episode pretty quickly here but uh, I think being willing to not just listen and give options but say I will I will walk with you through that is how is that powerful? Is that necessary? Or is that how what does that look like? Yeah, I think it is powerful. I think it can be really powerful for somebody. Hey, I'm with you. I'm here for you. I'll be with you. Let's do this together, especially mm-hmm. if it's critical time. Um, you know, let's uh, depending on how close you are, let's I'll go to the emergency room with you. I'll yeah. go. I'll I'll be with you when you make the call to the crisis. I'll dial the phone or I guess you don't dial anymore. I'll, <laughs> Pretty I'll, much uh, the same. You, you know, whatever. Touch the screen. I'll, I'll 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 be there with you 100 percent. You're not in this alone. What can I do? What's comfortable? I'm here mm. for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and then I think a, an important piece also, because like you said, some people, they're, they're like, it could be family, it could be friends, it could be whatever. They're not willing to walk through the journey with you. So let's, again, using Sean as an example, he called me, we went through this incredibly powerful thing. We experienced this crazy thing together. How, what is a good way of following up? Because it, it's not like it's just going to magically disappear at that point and just be all better. Like what, what is a good way of following up with someone that went through that? Checking in. That's a, I thank you for saying that too, because we, we're uncomfortable with discomfort as a yeah. society. That's kind yeah, of why we want to fix, you know, okay, mm-hmm. let me just do this. So I don't have to sit with you in your pain. Mm-hmm. And so then when something happens, 
we, we, you know, we're there for a short amount of time and then we pull away because Mm -hmm. bringing it up again is uncomfortable. And so coming back to somebody, even though you're uncomfortable and say, Hey, I just wanted to check in with you. I mean, if you have to put it on your calendar and get an, get a, an alert, Mm -hmm. I'm going to check in with this person every day or every week or every month just to check in. That's huge for somebody because everybody else pulls away. And so they might be kind of having a bad day and you pop up with a text, Hey, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do now? Is there anything you need? That's helpful. That says, Oh yeah, that person is there for me. They are supporting me. They do care. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Kathy, thank you so much for this wisdom. Like, I mean, I definitely, I hope I don't get those calls, but if I do get those calls, I feel like I know a lot more just in the, what, like 20, 30 minutes that we've been talking. I feel like I am a hundred times more prepared to take that situation the right way and actually help the person than I did before we started this conversation. So thank you so incredibly much for taking the time that you did with Eric so that we could have that episode. Cause I mean, if you hadn't mm-hmm. taken that time, he might have, he might not have been here to do that episode with us. I appreciate you. I appreciate Eric for being so vulnerable and I appreciate all the other guests that have gone through this mental health week with us. If you need anything, there are resources out there. Be willing to have those hard conversations with your friends, with your family, with whoever it's worth it. So yeah. I might say one more thing. Do it. People, Love it. People are afraid to ask somebody if they they think, oh, if I bring up suicide, they might do it. Um, mm. I don't want to talk to them about it. They tiptoe around it. It's okay to be direct. Hey, are you thinking about harming yourself? That's an okay question. Sorry. Just no, I that's, think that's important. Good. That's you. really that's a really good tool to have in that tool chest. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Kathy, thank you so much for being on with us. We will for sure stay in touch.